Hey, hey, it's Stacey Reagan and Michael Doyle bringing you all things Central 301. Welcome to our podcast, The 301. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing really good. It is nice to be done with 2020 and 2021, our first podcast of a new year. And uh, yeah, and and actually that's going to kind of be our focus a little bit today is talking about this this year that was. Well, we kind of wanted to like, yeah, reflect on 2020 and the school year and just like how it affected us so tremendously and, you know, looking forward to 2021, hoping, you know, things kind of change. So yeah, we're pretty excited about this podcast. And how different the start of the school year was versus other school years and and how it's changing and who knows where that'll lead us, right? That's that's for podcasts down the road. For sure. So we have a special guest today. Um, we always have special guests, but this is a, a special guest, a teacher in our district who uh, has a little bit of history here. Uh, I'd like to introduce Amy Lawrence. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the 301. Thank you. Glad to be back, I suppose, to 301. Um, well, tell us a little bit about why it's glad to be back to 301 and, and where you're at now. Yeah, um, my name is Amy Lawrence. I teach fourth grade at Country Trails. Um, this is my first year back in the district as a teacher, but I graduated um, from Central in 2014. Um, senior year, I was voted most likely to come back and work at Central, so here I am. <laughs> um, I went Office to. has fulfilled itself. Yes, absolutely. I went to HBT and CMS and CHS. So it was before PK and CMS like split the grades differently and all of that. So um, happy to be back. It's kind of fun, you know, with your assistant principal being your third grade teacher. I mean, Michael, I had you in eighth grade. <laughs> you were my homeroom teacher. Um, right. It's kind of strange, right? It's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the fun part about being in a district like this is that you already know people in your school. So it's, everyone's been super welcoming to have me back. So I'm very excited to be here. Well, there's a comfort level that comes with it. So it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah. So as we were kind of talking like 2020 crazy year, right. And just being in the fourth grade there, what successes can we celebrate you with you professionally or personally? What are some maybe uh, things that, you know, you thought, Hey, this went really well for me. Yeah. Um, well, personally, I just moved back from Texas. So the fact that I'm home is going really well for me. But the professional, you know, in being in school and seeing the kids every day is I never thought I would like appreciate it so much. You know, you kind of take that for granted during a normal year yeah. um, and get to see the kids. I feel like I have a better relationship with my kids this year, too, because I have 11 children or students in the morning and then I have 14 in the afternoon. So even though I'm teaching the same thing twice a day, which is not typical, you know, for a fourth grade teacher here, um, it's really nice because I feel like I know my kids a lot better. I feel like I have had the time to have more one-on-one -on -one conversations with them, more um, detailed instruction with them. So um, I would just say the fact that we're in the classroom or we have the option to be in the classroom, you know, for the students yeah. still remote, they still get to know, get to know their teacher, but I'm very grateful we still for every day except for one week have been able to be in school with the kids. Yeah, for our listeners who maybe aren't aware of what our situation is here in 301, our elementary schools actually split the alphabet and the kids come in half the day and the other half of the day they're doing their specials online at home. 
So our specialist teachers, you know, definitely have, you know, a completely different experience um, going on than our um, classroom teachers. But it is true that the kids are in the building every single day. You get right to work and you do have like a smaller class size. So it, it, you know, it does allow for that opportunity to kind of get to know your, your kids. Yeah. some ways it, it makes it a little bit more normal for those K-5 kids, right? Well, they're a little bit more mature, obviously, and, and their every other day routine that they're doing, um, one day in, one day out, one day in, um, they can probably handle that a little bit better. But I would imagine for building relationships with your students, the schedule that you guys are doing K-5 is fantastic. I love it. I mean, I would much rather have a full day, of course, but right. I, my my mom and my sister are both music teachers and my sister teaches in CPS and she hasn't seen any of her kids all this year. And it's just, I just really feel for them. And we have a lot of conversations at home, you know, about how fortunate I am. And I'm so grateful that I get to see my kids every day, even though it's only two and a half hours, we get a lot done. (laughs) You know, there's not as many brain breaks. You don't get recess, but um, I'll take that over not being able to see them any day. Awesome. Well, so that is a little bit of a challenge, right? Um, Seeing them for only two and a half hours and trying to kind of shove in everything and get rid of some of the other stuff that maybe you were thinking about doing. Um, But I guess my question is, what have been some of the challenges um, aside from that that you faced and maybe still are struggling with or don't have an answer yet as we go into 2021? That's a really loaded question because I don't think anyone knows what's going on with 2021. No. as a teacher, my biggest fear, I think, is my challenge is that what happens if I get sick? My kids ask me every week, not, not literally, of course, but they ask me all the time, Miss Lawrence, what, what happens if you get sick? Do we all have to quarantine? Are you going to, how are you going to teach us? Like just that worry that I'm the person that will facilitates this classroom. And I know that we'll figure it out if that happens. Fingers crossed it doesn't, you know, I'm doing everything I can to stay healthy, but that's like my biggest challenge and fear as a teacher is what happens if I get sick. I mean, it just kind of breaks your heart a little bit that your, your little fourth grade students are so concerned about their teacher getting sick and what will happen. And um, you know, that, that great unknown. I mean, that is just like so sweet too, you know, that they're so worried about you. That's, you know, that's something, but you know, I would definitely echo that, Amy. I think that's a fear of a lot of people, right? Like, what happens yeah. if I get sick? And, you know, who's who's going to take over my class? Um, or who's going to be here for two weeks? Or what's going to happen? So I, I would... Or if you accidentally spread it to the kids, right? That's... Absolutely. The guilt of yeah. not... Of course, I didn't know I was sick, and then I spread it. That'd be awful. And can you imagine making sub plans for two full weeks like that? No. Maternity leave is one thing, you know, it's coming, (laughs) but you don't know when you're just going to have to quarantine all of a sudden. And I, it, it just breaks my heart. And, but at the same time, it warms my heart a little bit. Like you said, Stacy, that the, the kids care and they know, my fourth graders know what's going on. I don't sugarcoat things with them. Like if they ask a question, I'm going to answer it age appropriately, of course, but they, you know, they know what's going on and they ask me and I think that just shows that my class has great across environment and people feel welcome to be able to say things like that. Like what happens if you leave? So not leave, but quarantine. 
Yeah, that's great. So along with kind of the bad or the things that we fear, was there anything that, you know, kind of stands out as something sort of funny? Because I do know, especially elementary students, they say the darndest <laughs> things. So just curious if you have any like funny little story to share, you know, that even like personally, you know, that that could have happened to you. Yeah, I'll tell you, picture day was the weirdest experience ever. And I say that because I've never seen these kids without their masks. I'm new to the districts. So I wouldn't have seen them in the hallway. I've seen like their school pictures, but that, uh, you know, that just doesn't count in my head. First, when we had picture day, I took my morning class downstairs. First of all, we don't really have a routine for walking in the hallway because we don't go anywhere. So trying to like explain to them how to one, do a fire drill like two days before and then do picture day. So, you know, it was okay. We figured it out. They're old enough to know how to walk in the hallway. We get downstairs and all of a sudden one of the kids takes their mask off and I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm turned around trying to like organize the kids in a line six feet apart, taking up the entire lobby of country trails. <laughs> You're not, I don't even know who this kid is. Like I know that he or she's my student, but you don't realize how much the bottom half of your face matters in how you look until you wear a mask all day and they've never seen your face so then they were like sure. you without a mask on and i was like well i can't take my mask off but i went in the hallway and there's like a glass window between my classroom and the hallway and i stood behind the glass window and kind of pulled it down for like two seconds and put it back up i said did you see it <laughs> they're like yeah and it was it was just kind of cool i mean especially fourth graders like they're they're still losing their teeth kind of the top part, half of their head looks pretty mature, and then they take their masks down. And you're like, oh, okay, you are in fourth grade. So their little baby teeth, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I've been having a hard time um, discerning new teachers, and we have a couple teachers new, you know, brand like you, new out of college, and there are two teachers. They look so much alike that I. I don't know who it is, but without, you know, taking their covering off, their, their mask off. So I'm always like, hmm, which one are you? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and their hair is the same, same color. Right. They have the same build. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. I mean, prior to this year, I taught first and second grade. So like I was so used to the little ones and you can tell because, you know, they're where like their hair is done a certain way. Like they just have like, different qualities whereas like these kids the fourth graders all try to dress a certain way and they all try to look a certain way to match you know what's popular because they're getting close to middle school and they understand that so you really have to look at their face to see who they are but when you only can look at half their face you memorize you memorize what they look like with their mask on i'm sure they feel the same way about me too because they don't see me without my mask on yeah for sure i mean i cannot imagine what that is like i, I always struggled for about the first three or four weeks of a school year, I'm really bad with names. And, and it would take me a good month to know everyone. I can't imagine if I had kids in every day with masks on, I, I would think that I would still be struggling with who each kid was. In well, and every other day too, Mike, right, like right. every other day. Right, for me only by having some of the small class sizes really helped balance that. Cause I, in the morning I only had to remember 11 names. So at least it's like 11 names and 11 half faces that I had to remember. So, But Stacey, could you imagine with our, our classes of 150 or 160 kids oh you see every day? Uh, I, would, I would really still be struggling if I were in the classroom. I can't, 
I can't even. Yeah, I guess maybe like your remote only kids or like on the days they're remote, you do see their faces if they decide to show them. That's our challenge at the high school is getting kids to turn their cameras on. So yeah, yeah, it would be very difficult. All right, Amy, so you mentioned that you had worked first and second grade before. Uh, What have you personally learned uh, over your teaching career that will maybe you'll take into this year and maybe take with you forward from this year? Some lessons learned maybe in your previous job or even earlier this year. Yeah, I would say flexibility is the biggest thing. Don't, Don't be too stuck in your ways because your ways are about to get changed whether you like it or not. I mean, I'm a third year teacher, so um, I've changed grade levels every year so far, and I'm loving fourth grade. So I was like, I'm going to establish my fourth grade, Miss Lawrence. And I was like, wait, 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 hang on a second. I was like, you can't do that yet because you have to establish teaching in a pandemic first, (laughs) and then I can kind of develop myself as a fourth grade teacher. So I think being flexible and being willing to listen to others' ideas and just listen to the wise teachers that have been here for a bit that have been through a few different situations. Um, Being a rather new and young teacher, I'm still a sponge. So I'm trying to take it all in and I'm trying to be as flexible as possible, especially with communicating with parents. They're panicking. We're panicking. (laughs) So I would say flexibility is the one thing I've really learned over the past three years, especially this school year that I'm going to continue to use in our classroom because really we have no other choice. I think being positive and flexible. Awesome. If you had to sum up 2020 in one word, what would it be? <laughs> That's also a loaded question. Um, and days to be appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Daylight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would say like uncertainty. No one knew what was going on, but honestly, I'd say more a family because especially moving. I mean, I lived 1600 miles away when this all started and I was by myself with my dog um, coming home, my mom flew down mask, hand sanitizer, you name it, flew down, drove the 1600 miles home with me. So I could be with my family this summer. And once I got home, I literally sat down on the couch and I looked at mom and I said, I need to move back home. Like, I want to be home. I don't, you know, family is so important. You don't know who's going to be affected by this. I mean, even creating a family in my classroom, you know, I, I would say I love that. number one, I love that. Yeah. Well, Amy, we want to thank you for joining us today in the 301. Do you have any final words of wisdom or anything that you want to share with our listeners? Oh, man, I never thought I'd come back to Burlington just as a grad. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I've been here for literally my entire life. I st- I'm now working with my teachers, but I'm so happy to be back. Super grateful that you guys asked me to be on the podcast, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your school year. You too, Amy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Amy Lawrence, fourth grade teacher here in District 301. Um, Stick around. We'll be back with another guest in just a minute on the 301. And we're back. And Mike, we have a new guest with us to kind of reflect on uh, 2020, what a year it was. Yeah, and a little bit different perspective. We have Carrie McCaslin from Central High School, and she is the assistant principal of Building Operations, which is a big, really important, fancy title, and I have no idea what that means. So, Carrie, 
Welcome to the 301 and tell us a little bit about what that means. Hello, yay. 301. Yes, yay. Um, happy I would imagine here. you're in charge of everything, right? No, no I think that's Chris's <laughs> job, actually. <laughs> um, happy to be on the 301. Uh, as far as my title and what that means, um, I think it's all other duties as a sign would be what I've gathered now in five years of being here. So you are uh, here for five years. This is my fifth year. What? Wow. wow. That is crazy. Time flies, doesn't it? When you're having a good time, it sure does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I partner with building in grounds. Um, we do revamps of the library and construction of new classrooms. I've learned much about, building classroom furniture that I ever knew before. Um, COVID is my new life, uh, whether it's tracing, contact tracing, uh, student cases, um, protocols, guidelines, requirements, distancing, all the fun flashy words of 2020 would be the overall now of my new job description uh, going into this fall. Yeah, you're, you're kind of really tasked with making sure that we all have the supplies that we need to keep our classrooms, um, safe zones and our students and teachers healthy um, with whether it's cleaning, you know, rags and the spray that we have to do or the, you know, the antiseptic uh, wipes that we have to use, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, the PPE is a really important part. Um, the protocols and the systems that were created uh, in the summer and prior to the beginning of the year were really important. Um, as we went into the school year, uh, we created some policies in terms of, you know, no visitors, things being picked up and dropped off at door eight, the self-certifying slips every morning, uh, making sure that every person in the building was certified um, any person that had shown any kind of symptom or temperature on that certifying slip when entering the building has to immediately be addressed by the nurse, um, bridging the nurse with ROE and et cetera. There's a lot of, a lot of steps, a lot of inundated pieces. And a lot of it was very, very important because keeping ourselves, you know, our staff and our students safe every day is, it's a very important job. So. Well, we appreciate you. So as we were saying that, you know, how crazy this last year is and, you know, jobs have shifted and changed and, you know, different workloads have been added that have never existed before. Right. Um, yeah. What successes can we celebrate with you uh, professionally or, or even personally? Um, well, professionally speaking, I would say that I am super proud to serve in a district that has put our students first. And in doing so, continues to do what's best for them by keeping them in school and having them learn here. That would be the number one success. And, you know, my I live in a tri-city school district, not 301, sadly. Um, my husband serves in another tri-city district, not 301. And it's a great comparison in my household in three different districts in the tri-city area to really be proud of the commitment that 301 made. Um, so much so that I heard in the neighboring school district board meetings that they are um, using 301 as an example of 
how you return to school and bring kids back to class. I mean, 301's on the map. People know that there's excellence happening here and that kids are put first here. And I, I think that I am humbled by the staff who make a commitment to serve daily and make it their priority uh, to do so. I hear it over and over how people are really proud to work here at 301 because of that unwavered position. Um, and I see their commitment you know, to reach students and to use new teaching tools and stretch their instructional practice, practices and you know, refusing to let kids fail. I mean, I, I am inspired. Um, the last professional success I would say is I'm encouraged by the students who wanna come to school every day, even though it's different um, because they miss the connectivity that they can get with a staff or a peer and just their ability to be courageous in that and want that first more than anything else. So um, those I would say would be my professional successes um, going forward, just that I see around me. Personally, um, I would say this has been the greatest year of growth as an educator, an administrator, a parent, a wife, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. Um, I passed my superintendent's exam this summer. What? I didn't even know you were going for that. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. I, I was really excited about it. Um, I was very, very um, surprised even where I ended up myself. Um, it's like the moment where you kind of maybe know more than you thought you knew. I don't know. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, this fall, I've been asked to speak at school districts. Um, I was asked to lead professional developments in some school districts. So I'll see, you know, where that goes. Um, I would say also probably another personal success is I've probably been more reflective and purposeful um, in my relationships and in seeking balance. And I yeah. will continue, I'll continue to do that uh, through the school year. Awesome. I, I always thought Carrie could be a preacher, man. She can testify. She's uh, such a dynamic speaker too when she runs workshops. I always enjoy listening to her. I mean, what a great year you've had. Tons of successes. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, any of us who are in education know going up that ladder towards, you know, getting that superintendent certificate uh, and all the work that goes into that is is almost impossible. It's 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 really difficult to get there. And, and I offer my congratulations on a job well done because that's spectacular. That's fantastic to hear. Thank Here's you. a good example of when handed lemons, you make lemonade. Amen. She's always positive and looks at the, the positives, even when things are looking pretty murky. So for sure. Fantastic. to have. It's, it's, it really changes everything, your perspective and how you attack problems. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. With that being said, what are some challenges that you faced in 2020 and maybe you still don't have a great answer that you're happy with going into 2021? Um, great question, Mike. Um, first challenge I would say is, you know, given how far we are as a school district, right? We just spoke about some school districts are way behind where we were getting ready for the school year to begin because they're going to come into being hybrid now, right? So they're dealing with all that. We're about a semester in advance of them. And so now the question really becomes, how do we keep it going? Um, what can we do to engage kids more, both in the classroom and in the activities? 
where we can draw them closer and back into what the purpose of school really is. Um, and I think that that's not just a question or a challenge for kids, but I also think it's one on the minds of staff, um, which is, you know, what can we do? And, you know, it's so fun to be around staff that are passionate and have great vision um, for what they want, right? Because I think all of us are at a point where there's, there's, we just want the light at the end of the tunnel. We want to see where the end is. We want to have hope to a certain point because we don't know how much more we got banked in there, right? It carried us all the way through that year. And I think that, um, you know, because of that, people are seeking that confirmation. And so, um, you know, I think the challenge is to see how we keep it going. Unfortunately, we still live in pretty restricted guidelines, uh, given where we are as a state. And so how do we encourage people to take a step forward to reach kids and do some more that we haven't done uh, this year within the guidelines? And how do we get creative in order to do that and do it safely? Um, that would be probably the primary challenge that I think is my priority going into 21 right now um, as an educator, um, both as a partner to the staff and as a leader, as an administrator, right? Because we want to help foster that activity and that attitude. Well, I, I think one of the things that, that I'm, I'm not sure everyone understood when this all started to happen last spring and especially going into the fall was this idea that it was all going to be the same school, right? As much as we want it to be the same, you know, there, anytime things change, there's growing pains, right? And the way I look at it, because I also am involved in three different districts between my kids, my wife, and being here at 301. And the, the idea was that, you know, oh yeah, we'll just go back and it'll be remote and it'll be whatever, right? It'll, it'll, it'll be what it was. The, we went through a lot of growing pains, right? And I think we navigated them pretty successfully. And, and uh, there were kids who certainly struggled, right? Because it's different, it's new. And, and I think the more that we kind of get through this in the second semester, the more we'll see everyone kind of going, oh, this is how this works. This is how I teach this. This is how I learn this, right? And, and we'll start to see things get better. Um, so depending on how this all works its way out, I think the growing pains that we went through in, you know, the first weeks of August that we were back in the you know, early September and we learned a lot of lessons from that, right? And we talk about challenges. Those were very challenging days um, for our staff, for, for everyone. And uh, I, I think we're in a, a little bit better place with that um, in terms of how kids are achieving, right? And I think when we go back and we look at the numbers second semester versus first semester, we'll see a big difference there. I, I believe that that's going to be true. Yeah, I think, I think what'll be interesting too you know, when we're talking about all the positive, like positive things that actually did come out of this and the growth, what are some things that we're doing that we're going to continue to do, you know, moving forward? Because I mean, education was turned on its head and it is definitely things were glaring that maybe we didn't think were problems before that it's like, oh, this was a problem. We didn't realize it. We're doing things in a different way. Like, hey, I didn't think this would work, but boy, is it working. And so I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what sticks, you know, like you throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. 
it'll be interesting to see like how we reflect, evaluate, and, you know, take the lessons that we learn, you know, to move forward. So it, it is kind of an exciting time to be in education, I think. But I agree. That's me. I agree. Um, so and kind of talking about some of all those things, is there anything funny that happened? Because I, you know, I mean, I have funny stories just like with my son at home, just things he says, because he's almost 21 and thinks he knows it all. Um, but anything funny happened to you in 2020 or a funny story you'd like to share? Um, you know, I think there were lots of things happening during the time that we were all quarantined at home, right? My husband is downstairs trying to create a green screen and he's going to teach PE like he's never done in his life. Um, and all of a sudden I hear him downstairs and he's at some Australian accent because he's using some sort of green screen and he's going to have his kids walk through Australia. And, uh, you know, so he takes on the voice, you know, and I will never forget seeing Jake's face. He's remotely, you know, doing his work and he looks at me and says, what is dad doing? I'm like, well, I think he just went to Australia without us. So um, it was, I think it was, it was just amusing for me to, as an educator and his wife, see him step out of a comfort zone and do something that was completely out of his personality and his realm, really, to reach kids to want to go and, you know, be physically active during this time. And he was going to do whatever he could do to make that happen. Um, that is hysterical. Yeah. And I loved my son's response to, well, that's really cool. You know, like that is, I'd want to be in his class. So he got to see him both as a teacher and as his dad. And I just, I'll probably never forget that. I'll hear an Australian accent and just go automatically right to Tim. So I think that's one of the fun things that you pointed out is um, our kids are seeing the backside of what teaching is. Yes. Right. All those teachers who have kids at home. Right. And my, my wife is teaching from home. My kids are learning from home right now. And uh, they're going to see the backside of all of that, which, you know, they just thought, oh, it's a worksheet. And you pass it out. Mm, no, not at all. It's, right. it's not that at all. It's just the idea that your your husband's down in the basement doing a, a Peloton style tour of Australia for his students. That, I mean, the kids are going to love that. Right. They're going to absolutely love it. Yeah, they did. They they really did. He came upstairs surprised at himself how many people and without a bike, he said they laid on the ground and they pedaled on their back and did a flip grid and told them that they were he they were traveling right with him and their That's favorite sites were, you know, whatever they were. So um it was it was it really was one of the wins, I think, during a time where there weren't many, you know. Um and and you're right, Mike, for for Jake to be able to see that. For all of us, really, you know, they they go to school and they're kind of removed. We all go in our own lanes, right? And we just leave in the morning and that's it. I think that that quarantine really allowed everybody to see each other in their light and, and watch how hard people work for their family. I think Jake has a really renewed spirit of what it means to go to work and bring that money home and how we spend it. Um, and it was really reflective in what he asked for for Christmas because of it. So I, I don't. I think that there were lots of good that came out of it. And I think as we go forward, looking back, I think they'll be probably more apparent because they'll be sourced or rooted there. So Terry, what have you personally learned in the last year that will you'll take with you into 2021? 
Um, any lessons learned or any kind of thing like that? I think the commitment that I made to myself um, is to remain in balance. I think it is so easy for people to run hard in certain lanes and not be balanced. And I think like, for example, our family probably takes the brunt of that, you know, when we run away or we, you know, it's, it's all, or it's nothing, or it's one or it's the other, right. We're not all great at that. Um, and so I'm going to continually work, I think, to be better at that, um, that balance uh, and to be present where I am in both those categories. Um, the lesson I think that I'm taking with is probably to really take the time to invest in people. Um, this is true in work and home and life. For me, relationships have always been really important um, because they matter, right? They're, they're what go with you no matter what the situation is or what changes. I think that it was enhanced and brought to center when everything else was taken away and you were left with only that. Um, and so you were really looking to um, revive or repair or, you know, renew all those relationships that you have in your life that, you know, whether it's your friends or your family or what have you, right, that take a back seat while you're running life, right, every day. Um, and just how we don't have time for things and just the loose comment of we don't have time and, and how you balance to make time um, and what's important. So that will continue, I think, to be my uh, focus and purpose going into 21. And, and we've talked about it a lot as a family the last two weeks. And I think that that's going to be our accountability to each other, including my son, Jake, who gets to call us out if we find that we are unbalanced. So it was very empowering and I'm excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. If you had to sum up 2020 in one word, what would it be? Um, reset. Oh, I like that. Definitely. I feel the same way. Yeah, I definitely had a reset and rebalance. Yeah. And I find that there's hope at the end of a reset because it's up to us what happens next. Right. It's all about your attitude and your approach to, right? The situation's going to happen. How you respond and how you move forward is, is the character builder and it makes us who we are. Amen. Very well spoken, Mike. Harry, thank you so much for joining us today on the 301. Uh, Thank I hope you both. You've done an amazing you job a, with this, by the way. Thank oh, you. Thanks. We hope you have a great rest of the year. To our listeners at home, thanks for listening to 301. You can catch us on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else you get your podcasts. You've been listening to Stacey Reagan and Michael Doyle with our special guest, Carrie McCaslin, on the 301. Bye, everybody.